president looking at this visit different, as we pointed out earlier this morning, from the previous, where there was unilateral support for yeah. President Zelensky and his effort in the fight against Russia. And the president, our president, has some convincing to do this time. You know, Willie, I think you're exactly right. And what's most striking here, perhaps, is what a difference a year makes. Remember, it was this month, one year ago, that President Zelensky came to the U.S., received multiple standing ovations, was welcomed with open arms as he spoke to a joint session of Congress, this time around a very different situation. And as Ali just detailed here, the president of Ukraine is really being thrust into the middle of what is a very bitter domestic political battle. The president has repeatedly sort of up the urgency for Congress to act right now, calling for $106 billion in total, which would include about $60 billion to support Ukraine militarily as they head into the critical winter months here. I was speaking to the National Security uh, Advisor spokesperson, John Kirby, a short time ago, who said right now that Russia is going to be amping up its efforts as the ground hardens there in the winter. They have put out some declassified information overnight that the White House shared with me and Others basically saying that there has been progress made, but they are facing a real uphill climb because of the stalled counteroffensive by the Ukrainians in that region. And frankly, back at home, the Republicans saying, hey, we agree we would like to see more money to Ukraine, but we have to focus on national security here at the U.S.-Mexico border first. The president, in his words, said he is open to, quote, significant compromises on that issue. But what he has seen to this point, Willie, he is described as draconian. The president has been engaged on all of this, but he is also facing some real political pressure from some of his allies as well. The Congressional Hispanic Caucus, among others, as NBC News was first to report, basically, you know, pushing back on the president's willingness to negotiate on the issue of border policies, afraid that the president might go too far, give too much away to the Republicans here. The bottom line is he said this has to happen by the end of the year. But as the top Senate Republican negotiator, Jim Lankford, James Lankford of Oklahoma, has said, it's not going to happen this week, and very likely this doesn't happen until January. The White House has made clear they're running out of time and running out of money right now. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big line? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Tuesday, 12 December, Year of Our Lord, 2023. One of the great insults of our time is that the globalists, and <clears throat> remember the globalists control this capital. Let's just be brutally frank about that. The America First Nationalist, Populist Nationalist Movement is in a uh, massive fight to take it over. It's no longer Republicans and Democrats. If you still think as in, in the concept of Republicans and Democrats, you're playing into their hands. This is about uh, uniparty globalists. Uh, that put every uh, interest, uh, particularly the interest of how they can grift off uh, money laundering um, to uh, expand the uh, the calamitous reach <clears throat> of the United States military more and more as they just steal money. 
uh, versus America first populist nationalists who want to put the citizens of this country first and put our beloved country and our sovereignty first. I, I want to put this in perspective. They they sent this has never happened. I mean, with Diem and all the uh, bad choices we made in supporting people over the years, we've never had someone. We've flown someone in to get in the middle of what is really a domestic decision about whether we. And this is how uh, the Bidens and the Democrats how little they think of our country. They've actually only begun to even be open to talking about um, really enforcing the asylum laws, of which Biden said is too draconian, enforcing the asylum laws on the nine, eight to nine million illegal alien invaders that have come here and are destroying the country. Only, only considered even talking about that so they get $60 billion for Ukraine. And remember the, 60, the 120 we got in there, the 60 to 80 they're talking about now, it gets you up to $200 billion with the deadbeats in Europe, um, the elites in Europe not putting in anything or virtually nothing and, and wanting us to defend them again, being a, a protectorate. It's, it, it will continue on. If you did this another 50 next year, another 50 next year, another 50 next year, as we pay their pensions, as we pay their health care. And continue to have more and more civilians killed and the place would get bombed more like Dresden. It just never ends. So it has to end now. And it will end now. But they actually brought Zelensky over to talk to our military? Are you kidding me? Over the National Defense? Now, they scrambled at the end and didn't have it at the Pentagon. They had it at National Defense University here in Washington, D.C. also. But to have Zelensky, who's made a complete hash of this Ukraine situation, to have him addressed, to, to to put him in and insert himself in, as we said yesterday, to the middle of this NDAA discussion, to the military is already political enough, it has to be depoliticized, has to be de-woke, has to be de-weaponized, which is in this National Defense Authorization, to have him go and even politicize this thing more. What, 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 what could Zelensky do as far as a briefing on the military situation that the people at National Defense University don't know in spades because we have a better feel because we're in more contact with the Ukrainian military. Remember, there's a huge rift between the Ukrainian military and Zelensky. These are just facts, and yet they're inserting him in the middle of this to try to guilt trip people and try to look like they're trying to get the military on their side. Oh, you have to do this or the Russians are going to be in you know Warsaw next. Tuberville said today, Tuberville didn't, he says, look, I'll, I heard it, I, you know, it doesn't have any meaning to me. He says, we don't have any money, we're broke. Go someplace else. This shows you where the priorities, this is why Biden's sinking like a stone. It shows you the priorities. And, and Johnson's quoted, it just, it's the Speaker Johnson's just quoted that they're letting people go on the 15th because the Senate hasn't come up with a Ukraine solution, so he doesn't want people, and I quote here, twiddling their thumbs. Hey, brother, the Ukraine thing, I don't care. We don't care about. Why not talk to the NDAA and FISA? What about the plan? Where are the other five appropriations bills? You've only done seven or 12. What about uh, getting, what about getting kicked in the, you're going to vote tomorrow. What about working overtime through the holidays on the impeachment inquiry so you can bring it to a vote? I don't know, in the first or second week of January. What about the, 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 your plan of a one-year continued resolution, if you do that, hey, your speakership may be gone. It's not tooling your thumbs. You're telling me the only work that you're thinking of in your mind 
is Ukraine. Screw Ukraine. Here's here's the work we got to do in Ukraine. Hey, how about this? Nothing. Zero. Is that fine? We did that. Can we check that box? No more work to do. Zelensky's not going to get any money, and anybody that would sit there and try to give him money should be turfed out, regardless, whatever party you're in. Isn't it interesting that the anti-war Democrats, they are obsessed with getting money to Ukraine on the big fight for democracy, the big phony fight for democracy, as President Trump calls it? Why is that? I don't know. You think it's any child trafficking or money laundering or, you know, Victoria Newland's biolabs over there? you have any idea why the Democrats lather up about this, why Kagan and Victoria Newland, what is, what is, um, what is Darren Beatty calls it the dominatrix of the color revolutions? Over here today. No, Speaker Johnson, no, you, you don't have to sit around twiddling your thumbs over Ukraine if you stay through the holidays. How about to get ahead? Because here's the facts. They're going to leave on Friday. You know when they're back? They're back, they're back January 9th. How many of you in this audience are taking get three weeks off over Christmas? War Room's not. We're going to be up every day. Every day, baby. Bringing it every day. Because that's what we do. I couldn't think of doing anything else other. The country's in a crisis. Why would I take a day off? Why would you do that? Speaker Johnson, it's either a crisis or not a crisis. You're not going to be twiddling your thumbs, quote, unquote, Twiddling your thumbs today from Ukraine. You got other stuff to do besides Ukraine, bro. Hey, how about this? How about we're going to hit $34 trillion here sometime, you know, the middle of next week and the end of next week before Christmas, right? Before we commemorate the baby Jesus, you're going to hit, you're going to hit $34 trillion. What about that plan? And not that things are on the table. McCarthy's gone. Screw the handshake deal. Come in and give me your plan to get to a balanced budget in five years. Why don't you stay and work on that? I just don't get you guys. It's, it's a lack of urgency. It's a lack of uh, courage. We're going to have, uh, we're gonna have a- Andrew Clyde here, Congressman Clyde here, in, in a little while. We're going to talk to him about it. Harnwell, I'm going to – and here's the thing. Another thing is we got the chemical warfare of fentanyl. We're not even addressing that. No real address. She came over, the big fentanyl meeting. Yeah, I'm going to do something. As soon as you make sure you're turning over Taiwan and you get all the top 400 – Guy's going to put American pension fund money in my country to come here and kowtow to me and, uh, and raise their champagne glasses, right? And I may do something on fentanyl. You could, these people are suckers. This is, why do you think Trump's up with all this stuff going on with Trump? Why do you think he's up? Because they understand he's a badass. That's simply put. You don't need a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of details. They understand he's going to stand in the breach. Now, he's putting out details in every campaign speech he gives. They won't pay attention to it. Just say, oh, he's going to be a dictator. He's going to be a dictator. He's going to be a dictator. Well, he's farthest thing from a dictator. But what he's going to be is what you're not. The uniparty political class. And, and they're in the Senate. And Mitch McConnell, these guys are rubbing up on. And Tom Cotton, and these guys are rubbing up on Zelensky. Any, uh, any of you yahoos over there ever had any aspirations for to be the president, you've shown that you don't have judgment, you don't have discernment, you don't have wisdom, you don't understand anything about geopolitics and basically the world. Because in this show, we have said from the run-up to this war and from the first day of the war, this was such a tragic mistake, and the people that are going to pay for it were the Ukrainian people in their blood and the American people, the average guy, the average guy in America in their treasure and the average schmo in, uh, in Ukraine with their blood. 
And that's where we are, folks. They're over here for another $60 billion. They don't have enough common courtesy to walk you through the American people. They're sitting there, we don't have – we have a $2.5 trillion deficit the last 12 months. We're adding a trillion dollars every 90 days. That is going to bury not – isn't, not is going to – is burying everybody under 40 years old right now, making them a debt surf. That's reality, which will never pay off one penny of the principal ever. We'll barely be able to keep up and pay the interest payments. And yet they're spending time today on, on this, uh, and he's an evil guy. And all the conservative commentary that said, oh, he's churchers, churchers. No, you were dead wrong. Like, you're wrong on most things. Just disgusting, the fanboy on this guy. And he's over here now. And stepping into who at the Pentagon? They ought to be fired. Who in the White House allowed him to go talk to the military? Have we ever allowed that to come to our nation's capital when we're having this huge debate about can we even finance what we got because we can't? And you've got an invasion on the southern border of the nine, nine million illegal alien invaders. You heard the guys yesterday, the, the, the black uh, activist from Chicago, the streets of Chicago, they're being destroyed. The streets of New York, they're being destroyed. The people in this country that have the least resources and the least ability to take that kind of blow are being destroyed. And we've got Zelensky over here in the halls of Congress going around being feted by the Senate, by Mitch McConnell and that crowd of Republicans who could very simply say, no, this is not happening. And asking for $60 billion, $60 billion that we don't have. And they're trying to pitch it. Oh, it's really going to go for high, you know, high value added jobs in Alabama. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want to hear that. It's ridiculous. It's obscene. That's, that's a, when you pitch that as obscene, it shows you how morally corrupt you are. Morally corrupt. Oh, we're going to keep shelling into, into Ukraine, kill more civilians because we've got a couple of well-paid jobs down the south in congressional districts. Screw you. You're, you. you're despicable. That's your pitch. You think this country is that craven? You think the citizens of this country are that craven? Absolute it's beyond imagination, but thank God for this audience. 202-225-3121. Tell them what you think about any money to Zelensky and tell them what you think about the, the woke and weaponized NDA. No on the NDA, no on money for Zelensky. The answer is, wait for it, no. We're not doing this anymore. And you're not going to hold our country, you're not going to hold our country hostage. You've taken a hostage here on the, on the border. That's how little they think of you in this country. Oh, well, if you give the money, we'll then talk about some asylum. Can you believe that? Can you believe just the gall they have to do that? Oh, well, if you give us the money, we can have, we can put some, we can put some lipstick on it. We can put some border HR2 lipstick on it. Short break, back in a moment. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do. With more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value. Because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. 
Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Put all of his eggs, and he's down 30, 35 points in most polling. So, Molly, your new piece of Vanity Fair is titled Donald Trump's Dictator Promise is No Joke. In it, Molly writes, quote, over the past week, Donald Trump promised to be a dictator on two different occasions. Sadly, that's not a completely unexpected sentence to write, given that he and his allies have not been shy about planning an authoritarian second term, from installing MAGA loyalists throughout the government to using the Department of Justice to target political enemies. Fox News host Sean Hannity, who first blamed the media for focusing on a scary second term agenda asked under no circumstances you are promising america tonight you would never abuse power as retribution against anybody trump responded quote except for day one end quote we find ourselves molly writes at a precipice with trump making his autocratic tendencies crystal clear the news media needs to take him literally and seriously especially as his anti-democratic impulses have infected the rest of the party Republicans have purged those in their ranks who have sided with democracy over Trump, like Liz Cheney, who's now sounding the alarms while elevating an election denier like Mike Johnson to Speaker of the House. It is time for the media to warn voters of the stakes of this election, one of which is whether there will still be Democratic elections. So something we've been focused on for the last several weeks here on this show. The Atlantic has had its series of pieces saying, hey, this is what a second term would look like. And I do think most people understand that in 2016, he couldn't do all the things he was claiming he was going to do. He's just being brash. He's being Donald Trump for The Apprentice. We like that he's going to shake things up. Now he's got a record to run on. And now he's on the record promising it will be worse from his own lips. He's promising it will be worse. Yeah. And he has institutional backing now. Right. He has the Heritage Foundation saying they're going to fire all government employees, you know, not all government employees, but they're going to try to remake the, you know, the government in in ways that we hadn't even sort of dreamed of. I, the thing I'm so struck by is it feels like the mainstream media is addicted to giving Trump the benefit of the doubt. Right. We saw in 2016 that he, a lot of the stuff he wanted to do the autocratic stuff he just couldn't do because he wasn't able to right he didn't understand how government worked this time he's taken four years off and he's really got allies that are very smart and know how government works and you see his plans i mean the stuff they're saying already this is the stuff they're advertising is really scary so imagine what they're not advertising Okay, uh, welcome back. That's the complete meltdown. He does have a record to run on. You're absolutely correct, and we'll we'll have an up or down vote on that. This current debacle versus uh, Trump's four years of peace and prosperity. Maybe one interrupted by a CCP bioweapon to try to take him out and his government out. And yes, uh, they're not going to fire everybody. They're going to deconstruct the administrative state. It's quite sophisticated. It's very well thought through, and a lot of people are working on it. And it's going to happen. Let's. Let's. I want to return to um, what. Do you, what's your alternative? Here's your alternative: a country that's broke, a country that's got thirty-four trillion now is going to have another two trillion dollars this coming year because of uh, McConnell and these guys cratering to to Biden in the in the essentially traitors up on Capitol Hill. 
that don't mind this Republican spending to keep going on this debt. They're spending their time today with all the issues we've got going on. They're spending their time on Zelensky and his crew of oligarchs that are grifting. When all of Europe knows, the papers and all the analysis we do, they know it's over. Let me bring in Harnwell from, uh, from, from Rome. And, and think about it, the only discussion, they passed H.R. 2. I want you to embrace this. I want this to, to be burned into your soul. The only way that the Democrats and the Biden uh, uh, would even discuss uh, enforcing the law, which he said was too draconian, the only re- way they would even consider enforcing the law was if to, to, to because we said no on the money to Ukraine. Think about that for a second. That's how little respect they have for this country. That's how little respect they have for the sovereignty of this country. That's how little respect they have for the citizens of this country. You don't matter. You're just trash. That the priority of the fetish that has become Ukraine. And I'm telling you, it's money laundering, it's child trafficking, it's those biolabs. When we get in there and get down to the receipts in Ukraine, I'm telling you, the pus that's going to come out there is going to be ugly. And we're going to get to the bottom of all of it. And maybe Zelensky one day is in The Hague or maybe he's in the U.S. court somewhere about the money he stole and the money that people are running, which is an open secret. The Time Magazine article, these reporters are sitting there talking to government officials. This is open secret. They're talking about it. Ben Harnwell, your thoughts and analysis. Where, you know, where Europe's sitting there, they had a war game in, what, Paris, one of the ancient institutions set up, I think, by Napoleon. They had a war game with all the elites came over a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, the Russians won. And they're sitting there going, it's over. What we need is a massive uh, American cash infusion now to try to have something to get to the negotiating table. Ben Harnwell, your thoughts of Zelensky's trip to the United States? Steve, good morning. Well, let's start off with the Ecole Militaire, the the 300-year-old French academy, which, as you say, uh, Napoleon himself studied warfare there. They had this conference over uh, over the weekend, and one Ukrainian government counselor, said this, right, if, if you're offended by hard language, put your hands over your ears now. There's an F-bomb alert. He said, we're screwed. We're absolutely fucked. America is washing its hands of Ukraine. Now, this is the conversation that in, international military experts, so like, there were 100 or so military experts at this conference. This is what they're saying in private. Um, so that's the context. That's the backdrop to what, what the reality is. Uh, behind this superficial, synthetic reality that we're seeing in Washington, D.C. right now with, with Zelensky's visit. Steve, there's a big difference this time. This is his third visit to D.C. since the war started. There's a big difference on, on this third visit. You might remember a couple of months ago uh, on his last visit, the White House made sort of certain hints in the press that they didn't really want Zelensky there. He sort of invited himself um, and the reason for that was because the White House at that point still thought it had a political argument that it could win, that Zelensky was toxic for the, for the American public. Therefore, it would be, it'd be easier for the, for, for the Democrats, for the, for, for the administration to win this argument without Zelensky's presence. Right. What has changed between then and now when he's very much uh, being invited by, by the Democrat regime. Well, it's because, as this, uh, as, as this quote just illustrates, they know this war is lost, right? They know that. It's absolutely clear now. Why do they want Zelensky here for a last push when they know there's no more money coming? Because 
they want the, the Republican Party to take all the incoming from the for, for the responsibility for the loss of this war. Now, let's be let's be let's be reasonable. Let's be let's be honest, which is what we are all the time on, on the war room. There are people in the United States, as there are in the rest of the world, that want Ukraine to win. I'm not just talking about this this out of touch political class in the public, voters, taxpayers. There are people that think we should be paying more money in the in the United States, in Europe, to help Zelensky. I think the Democrats have massively overestimated that um, that proportion because over half the country now uh, thinks that. America is giving too much money to to Ukraine. But there is a significant rump there. So what the Democrats are trying to do is to salvage every last vote from the implosion that there's going to be when Ukraine um, either surrenders or takes a ceasefire on Russia's terms. And they're trying to pin this responsibility on the Republicans and say, look, we were there, we were in this for the long haul, but, you know, the the, the Republicans cut it off. I actually think, as I say, that they've underestimated that and there's going to be a lot of gratitude to the Republicans for stopping this. Um, but look, hey, if I were an advisor to the for the Democrats, I would say basically at this point, that's the best thing you can do. Pin the blame and the responsibility for the loss of this war on on uh, on the Republicans. Now, there's just something else I, I would quickly like to, to, to mention here, because the backdrop, okay, to, to Ukraine uh, in Ukraine and this visit is that, um, and we've been covering this for uh, a couple of weeks now, there's increasing dissension and fissures opening up in the Ukrainian political establishment against Zelensky. Now, there there is an article here, and very revealing, I I think, here, uh, if if I just read this quote directly, it says that Zelensky's changing status on the world stage, as Western countries and important segments of the Ukraine establishment look for an exit strategy, Zelensky is no longer seen as an asset but as a liability. And that's in that that's in unheard, which is again like the, the Daily Beast I was referring to earlier. These aren't sort of populist nationalist organizations. These are these are very much on the left. So what's the point here, Steve? Right? If Zelensky doesn't get any money on this visit, and he won't, uh, if I was Zelensky, I would think twice about returning to Ukraine. No, we kept saying when he lectured us, he lectured us at Davos what, a year and a half ago, he said, oh, he'd read all the memoirs in World War II. He knew so much about World War II, and people should read those. I said, dude, I forgot more about World War II than you'll ever know. You should read The Best and the Brightest by Halberstram, uh, and particularly the chapters on pre- President Diem. When the U.S. intelligence community and the U.S. apparatus is finished with you, d- whatever you do, don't take a trip. Don't get in a truck and head to the airport to a plane. Just don't. No, he. the insult here is that he comes and he actually said – that the America First movement, that people don't want to give $60 billion are going to empower Putin, they're on Putin's side, that's a lie. We're not on Putin's side. We support the Russian people like we support Lao Beijing and the Chinese people because the Russian people and the Chinese people, not their governments, not the criminals in Beijing, the CCP, and certainly not the KGB, which is kind of the, the, uh, the, 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 the repository of uh, the Bolsheviks and Stalin and that crowd, right? No. The U.S. government and the intelligence services kept all those guys in business, okay? Kept all the overarmed Stalin at the end of World War II, overarmed him in the last two years when it wasn't necessary. And, of course, they gave China to the CCP, gave China to the CCP, gave China to the CCP. And here we are today with a punk like Zelensky lecturing America first. No. Here's the amount of money you get, dude. Nothing. Zero. 
You go back and deal with it. And now you're going to start to see all the truth come out. You're going to see the truth come out from the generals over there. You're going to see the truth come out from the people over there, what actually went on, what decisions were made. And who in the United States is responsible for this? That's another – to put that on the list of account of full accountability. And who was paid, who were consultants, who had these NGOs, all of it. It stinks to high heaven. The blood of the Ukrainians are on the Uniparty's hands. Short break. Andy Clyde next. It's clear the unthinkable is here. Our most trusted institutions now deceive us boldly every day. Something's clearly wrong. Time is short to become more self-reliant and secure. The future of you and your family. Act today with My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply, the country's largest preparedness com- company. Let me repeat that. It's the country's largest preparedness company. They've been at this a long time. And they're more equipped than ever to stock your shelves. Their best-selling three-month emergency food kit provides delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. And right now, it's 200 bucks off. You get over 2,000 calories every day. Just add water, heat, and then eat. And remember, you get $200 off if you order today. Make sure every member of your family has a three-month food kit from My Patriot Supply. Go right now to MyPatriotSupply.com for the $200 savings. Be sure to order by 3 p.m. and your order ships free the same day. It's best to have emergency food and not need it than to need it and not have it. Take $200 off at MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. It's the biggest preparedness company in the segment. Make sure you take advantage of their consultants. Go there today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we've asked uh, uh, Congressman Clyde, uh, a friend of the show, to drop by here because he's a, uh, a former Navy commander and a guy I think the world of, although we don't agree on everything, I think the world of discernment and judgment. What in the hell, <laughs> what in the hell is going on over there? Mike Johnson's a good man. He is. He's a solid guy. He's got a biblical worldview. He's a devout Christian. We love all that. Mm-hmm. Where's the fight? I mean, this is, right now we got the NDA. You got FISA. You've got mm-hmm. this Ukraine situation. But more importantly, I think here's what the audience is having a tough time coming to grips with. Because you know, the audience of War Room is a working class, middle class audience that hits it every day, loves That's their right. country, supports right. you guys, MAGA, America First, and President Trump is the Trump movement. They they can't get their head around the fact that given all these multiple crises of, of the invasion of the southern border, mm-hmm. this calamity, we're adding another trillion dollars in 90 days from mm-hmm. September 18th to December 18th, mm-hmm. two and a half trillion dollar deficits, that the, six, the 16th or the 19th of January is right upon us. You guys are leaving on Friday for three weeks. You don't come back to the night. Nobody in this audience gets more than a couple of days off for Christmas, maybe a week with the family at best. They just don't see the urgency that meets the moment of the crisis we're in. So help help explain that one to us. Well, you know, because I know you're a guy you deploy a couple of, you'd work seven days a week, twenty hours a day. Right, I'm a small businessman. I fully understand that, and before that, a Navy officer, and and fully understand that too. Um, but uh, you know, they did the continuing resolution so they wouldn't end up with a Christmas omnibus. But we're setting ourselves up for a New Year's omnibus. All right, coming back, uh, you know, the second week, literally in January. Um, and, and this is just unacceptable. The leadership is not there right now. 
Um, we need to fight. We need to stay here until we get some of these appropriations bills across the finish line. The other five you're missing. Uh, That's what you got seven done. Let's get the other. You got 12, 12 total to get seven done, right? You got a five to go? Right. Well, we actually voted on on, um, on eight. Okay. okay. And so those okay. other four have okay, yet four, to, okay. you know, and you know, one of the most important ones is CJS, Commerce Justice Science, because that is dealing with the Department of Justice or the Department of Injustice, you know, I think which is a, a better way to describe them, the, Depar- the, uh, the uh, FBI and the ATF. Um, and, you know, I've got some really good amendments going to the floor on those bills. One of them is defunding the prosecution of a presidential candidate. It was made in order. It's going to come to the floor. We're going to put people on record. That's why they don't want it. That's why they're not going to push. That's why they. That's why they'd rather kick that into the new year. Well, well, but that's the whole point. Exactly. You know, the whole point. No, you is, think it's brilliant, right? And and then after that, you have um, uh, two amendments to defund the FBI and the ATF down to their last year of authorization. Do you know the last time the, the ATF and the and or actually the entire Department of Justice was authorized? Two thousand and nine. They have not been an authorized agency literally for the last 14 years, and their funding has continued to be increased every solitary year. They lost their authorization. They were not authorized during, guess what, a Democrat administration. When Obama was the president, Pelosi was the Speaker of the House, um, you had Chuck Schumer, the leader in the Senate, and they had a supermajority in the Senate at the time, and they did not reauthorize the Department of Justice. So my amendment is simply taking them back to their last level of authorization, which would cut $3 billion out of their budget, which is appropriate. Appropriate, at least. Yes. So why is none of this happening? You had a conference this morning. I heard it got a little heated. It, did. it got a little heated. It did. And we don't. So, what happened in the conference? Um, we have tons of warriors down there. Right. So, what's the problem? Um, you know, the thing is that the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, so many of the good things that we put in it uh, when we passed it in the House got stripped out of it. For so, example, how did that happen? We had this huge fight back at the committee level. In July, get passed out. We got a lot of the woke and weaponized that. It wasn't right. perfect, but it was pretty good. Directionally, it was great. Right. Right. What happened? That's the bill we're supposed to take to the Senate. What happened to that? Well, it, it did go to the Senate, but when it got conferenced with the Senate, a lot of that got stripped right. out. And and you know when there's not agreement at the lower level, then it gets kicked up to the next level, like to the chairman level. And then if it, there's no agreement there, it gets kicked up to what's called the four corners. And the four corners are um, the minority leader, the majority yeah. leader in the Senate, the Speaker, and the minority leader in the House. And what I found out today is. You know, it takes three votes of those four people to actually do anything uh, on the conference. Well, that means that the Speaker of the House and the Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries have the same authority in that yeah. four corners. That's wrong. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. You know, Speaker of the House. So why have are twice we not? But authority. why are we not? People want to know that we don't want the military to be woken and weaponized. No, we the don't. Problem. So why are we not taking a hard stand on that and say, hey, look, I guess it's not must pass because it won't pass. You got my point is you have to use leverage points. Yes, we do. We do have to use leverage points. And when you have things like transgender surgeries uh, that are still in this NDAA, it still permits transgender surgeries uh, in the military, and that is a hundred percent. Wrong, you know that will destroy. But there's our a list military. of stuff. Virtually oh, all the woke and weaponized got put back in because of the Senate. Well, Senate the, Armed Services. The CRT got taken out, fortunately. Okay, which is good. Um, but the DEI, uh, okay, so great. They cap the uh, uh, the hiring on it. They cap the uh, salaries there. But it's still there. But it's still there. Yeah. Exactly. The office is still there in the Pentagon. That was my amendment to strip it out. All right. 
and that got removed out of the, out of the National Defense Authorization Act conference report. I'm not I'm not voting for it. I mean, this is a a, a bill that does not go nearly far enough because you know before our military gets uh, um, ever gets destroyed from the outside, it'll be destroyed from the inside first. That's what's happening right now. That's exactly what's happening right now. We are rotting from the inside before any foreign country will ever defeat our military. Through force on the outside, we so, will defeat ourselves on and, the inside. And what about what about sticking a Pfizer authorization until April and really goes to twenty twenty five in there? But we got to fight the Pfizer. <laughs> how how can, I think people's heads are blowing up because so many things that were priorities, and we understand the Senate's corrupt under McConnell, the Republicans. Just because they put it back in there, it seems like the House comes back and accepts it. It doesn't fight. Well, I'll tell you, you know, the FBI was caught spying on Americans in violation of current Pfizer rules two hundred and seventy eight thousand times in a year okay and and then they said oh well we're going to put these policies in place we're not going to do that anymore but we can't tell you what those policies are all right it's all classified garbage you know as far as i'm concerned fisa can go dark all right fisa can stop on 1231 of this year what doesn't mike johnson understand about that well, why is the intelligence community come around? Because their typical thing is to scare everybody. The country's going to be destroyed if you don't do this. He's clearly been rattled by that. He is. Okay, That's you correct. agree. Yeah, He's I rattled. absolutely agree. I, he is convinced that um, that if there's a, a terrorist attack, you know, after you know FISA goes dark, that we'll get blamed for it. You know, if there's a terrorist attack, I'm sorry. But uh, in those terrorists came across our southern border, which is completely yes. wide open. Yes. That's on Biden. That is yes. not on the House. Yes. All right. And I don't know that there's ever been a single um, uh, event that has been prevented strictly from signals intelligence, right. which is what FISA is. Right. Uh, I mean, so I, I don't subscribe to that fear. You know, um, I think it's not based. It's not soundly based. But the intelligence community will use fear as a motivator, and they will try and scare the living daylights out of you. And I'm, I'm, I'm not there. So where are we right now on that? Uh, it is currently attached to the National Defense Authorization, and that's one of the, one of the reasons why I'm not going to vote for it. And, uh, and nobody should be voting for it. 202-225-312, and we had the presentation yesterday from Frank Gaffney and his team about uh, no on the NDAA. So you've got to man the ramparts today. No on any Ukraine money. No on the NDA. As a, as a former commander in the Navy, how offensive is it to you that Zelensky comes over here and goes to address the military? I mean, I, I am so shocked that so such a blatant attempt to politicize an already too politicized military mm-hmm. is is going on in this town. And it seems like the Republicans in the Senate and uh, in the White House have not no problem with it. They're supporting it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think. Um, a picture is worth a thousand words, and you can see Zelensky coming over here. He doesn't even have enough respect for this country and for our House and for our Senate to come here in a coat and tie. I mean, you know, we had Fetterman's issue, uh, and the Senate finally figured out that that wasn't a good idea to allow him to come in gym shorts and a hoodie, uh, that he had to actually, you know, we have a dress code. You're saying if you're coming for money, you, you ought to dress up like you're, like, you're, like you're asking for it. Well, it shows you the level of respect. You know that a person. Do you has, think he lacks respect to I the think United he States? Does. I think he absolutely lacks respect for the United States. He's trying to he's trying to put it now in America first. He says, "Hey, if we don't get the money, uh, if Putin wins, uh, the Republicans in the America First movement have empowered Putin." What, what say you? Uh, I think that's a very disingenuous statement. That's a flat out lie. You know, our <clears throat> his country is his responsibility. Okay, it is not our responsibility. Uh, our country is our responsibility. Our borders are our responsibility. 
Um, and so we have to take care of our borders first before yeah. there's one solitary dime. Does you know, it not offend the people in your district that the only time that the Democrats came up in the Uniparty Republicans brought up the southern border was to hold it hostage to the 80, 60 to $80 million for Ukraine? To get that, they would finally have a conversation, and then it was just bells and whistles. They weren't prepared to do anything really – I mean, they would hold the sovereignty of this country and our citizens to get money to, to, to Ukraine. Does that offend your constituents? I think it should offend every American citizen. Uh, I mean – we should not be funding Ukraine, not one dime, okay, uh, until our southern border is completely secure. There are metrics in place to say, yes, we have stopped the illegal immigration coming across our border. We have stopped the terrorists that are coming across our border. And we know there are folks on the terrorist watch list that have, been, have come across, 300 of them since Biden's been in office. And 1.8 million that we don't even know who they are, but we know that they were there. Okay, the gotaways that the Border Patrol talks about. But, but we don't know why they're coming, who they are, what their motivation is, what they're bringing with them. In the conference this morning, the people realize that their constituents are not thrilled with them leaving on the 15th and co- going home. Is there any sense that people feel a sense of urgency that they don't? Uh, I, I think that just isn't sensed here. Um, I, it certainly sensed to me. You know, I, I, I think we should stay here and, and, and get the job done. Um, but uh, the appropriations process, but uh, but that's why the that's why the the CR till after uh, you know till the nineteenth and the second of February. So you get back on the ninth. You have ten days. Mm-hmm. Project out what what's going to happen. Is there going to be magic solution? Are people here working on what alternatives are going to be? Is there there's still this debate over the McCarthy handshake or the one percent? If you if you it, it, we hear that Johnson, the speaker, is thinking of a one year CR. Because it gets a 1% cut across the border, which is nothing compared to the, the calamity we have now. That might have been of interest years ago, but now it's, it's virtually irrelevant. Well, actually, a, a one-year CR would be considered by the budget office as an appropriation. Okay, You wouldn't get the 1% cut then on a one-year CR. Okay, But you <laughs> would get lower levels on uh, – you know, the FRA did have levels for both defense spending and non-defense spending. And it would actually be about a $40 billion cut in non-defense spending, all right, um, which is well, – $40 billion is nothing right now. That's uh, my point. Uh, yeah, I, the I trailing agree 12 months, The trailing 12 months – okay, right. we hit $33 trillion on September 18th. We're mm-hmm. going to hit $34 trillion on mm-hmm. December 18th. Mm-hmm. We've added $1 trillion in 90 days. The mm-hmm. trailing 12 months is now $2.5 trillion. Mm-hmm. The interest expense this year is going to blow up well north of, of a train. My point is, when you deal with the large of law, the law of large numbers, you're in a situation that this thing starts to exponentially get worse, it and, does. and that's what's happening. It so does. this discussion about forty billion dollars is is virtually irrelevant. Well, when that's what it has somebody has to stand up there and say. Okay, I know this is going to upset everybody, and you can't deal with Social Security and Medicare because that's not the problem. The problem is the discretionary spending, and I hate to be brutally frank, but tax increases on the super wealthy. At some point, you're going to have to tell the progressive Democrat left who fund all this madness that we're going to come and take your money. This is I know I know that Grover Norcross and these guys and all the donors that 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 are all over our heads are going to blow up, but. And before you talk about entitlements, you're going to have to show the nation that you can do both of those, that you can cut discretionary spending on non-defense and defense, and that you can raise taxes for the super wealthy, not for the middle class or the working people that have too big a burden now. You hang on one second. 
It's Congressman Clyde's in shock right here. <laughs> 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 he, he just sat in a room with somebody and said, no, we got, we got, a, we got a, a, a commercial break. Short commercial break. Congressman Clyde joins us on the other side. All right. Great. Great. Actually. Fireclans just announced a huge holiday sale. Let me tell you why this is important. They're predicting another triple-demic this year, and the best way to fight a cold or flu is not to get it in the first place. That's why I got EnviroCleanse here in the war room in the Breitbart Embassy. The new science in home air purification is EnviroCleanse. The reason I love it, it was approved by the Department of Defense for use on Navy combatants. As you guys know, I used to be on a Navy combatants. Now they have a limited-time holiday sale. You'll save 30%. This is a one-time good deal. So why did I choose EnviroCleanse over all the others? Because EnviroCleanse is proven to capture and destroy cold and flu viruses over other purifiers. EnviroCleanse military-grade technology wipes out bacteria, toxins, and mold that can make you sick. This is why the Navy chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. Get EnviroCleanse for your home. The viruses will take care. The viruses take down your family will be gone. Right now, you'll save 30% during their holiday sale. Plus, you get fast, free shipping. I'll repeat that. Free shipping. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use the code STEVE30 for 30% off. ekpure.com. STEVE30 for 30% off. That's ekpure.com. Code STEVE30. ekpure.com. Take action. Use your agency. Make sure you get ahead of this before flu season hits. Do it today. Your host, Stephen K. Bann. After this discussion, I know you're going to want to go to um, birchgold.com slash Ben. End of the dollar empire is the four free installments about the de-dollarization of the world and the collapse of the United States dollar is the prime reserve currency. But also go and call Philip Patrick and the team and say, hey, what are these underlying forces, geopolitical, financial, economic, that are driving the price of gold up higher every day to new all-time highs? Just check it out. Ask them. We give you the macro. They give you the personal. So go to my uh, birchgold.com uh, slash Bannon and check it out today. Also, my Patriot Supply. I would not say now is a good time to think about prepping, but hey – Lead story in the Washington Post today about the CCP looking at the grid of the United States, the electrical grid, uh, and trying to think about how on a cyber basis they can take it down. Maybe it's time for you to think about how you prepare for all of that. My Patriot Supply, the number one company in the industry, the industry leader. Go check it out, MyPatriotSupply.com. The NDAA putting this woke and weaponized back in Mm -hmm. has got a lot of nefarious things. One of the things, talk about Arlington National Cemetery reconciliation, because these are the details are in these nine, you get these 9,000 page bills. Mm -hmm. They've got all these types of things in there. Talk to us about it. Well, the, uh, the 2021 NDAA put, um, created this naming commission to basically take down any monument or reference that, that, that commemorates the Confederacy. And one of the, um, uh, Monuments that so they the reason discuss. Fort Hood's not Fort Hood, or right. still, Fort Hood will always be Fort Hood, and Fort Bragg will always be Fort Bragg, right. and, and Camp Pickett will always be Camp Pickett. Yeah, because and Fort, Benning. The, Fort Benning, they came right. up with all these phony names that nobody uses. Right, but that's part of it. Now but they're going to take. It, they're going to take, and that's all. By the way, the progressives are going to stand. Nobody calls it. They call it Bragg. They call it Benning. They call it Hood. 
but they're, they're even more insidious than this. What else are they going to do? They're trying to take down a monument in Arlington National Cemetery that was put there in the early 1900s as a reconciliation between North and South. You know, after the Spanish-American War of 1898, where, where those from the South and those from the North fought side by side together under one flag, all right, they decided that it would be a good idea to create a monument in Arlington to commemorate, you know, basically the love that we have for each other right now, as Woodrow Wilson uh, said. And um, so they created this monument. Every president on Memorial Day has sent a wreath to that monument um, since its inception, including Barack Obama. And now the, the uh, 2021 NDAA, um, through the naming commission, wants to remove this monument because they say it commemorates the Confederacy. It does not. What it does is it commemorates reunification. And so they're calling it – it is called the Reconciliation Monument between North and South. Yes. And they want to take it down literally on the 18th yes. of December. And so I led a letter that has the chairman of House Armed Services and chairman of Defense Appropriations on it telling them, stop. Do not do this because in the 2024 appropriations – I put in an amendment that would defund the Army's ability to do it, and it passed the House, and it passed the floor on, in the House too. So it's in the bill, in the Defense Appropriations Bill, not the NDAA, right. but the Defense Appropriations Bill, which is why it's so important that we need to get these – and that bill we passed. So that has to be then conferenced be, in the Senate so that we can actually get the president to sign the, appro the yes. defense appropriations bill. By the way, as a grandson, my great-grandfather was, although I was born in Virginia, he was with the 1st Maine Cavalry, Sergeant Charles Jack. And so as a grand great-grandson of a Union uh, non-commissioned officer, I fully support the reconciliation statue should keep. It's been, it's been a, a monument that people have been, uh, have been, have revered. Yes. For over a hundred years. So it, bringing our country together. It, it absolutely is. Flag. And, and um, you know, Secretary Webb, uh, Navy Secretary, when the North Vietnamese and South Vietnamese, when they came over here after, you know, it was a few years back, he took them to the reconciliation monument yes. and said, if you got, if we can, if we, we can, can do it, if we can do it, war, you, you can. can do it too. And they did you know? it. And they did. And yeah. they did it as an example. Right. One last thing before we go, you, you take exception and I, I, but I want the audience to understand this. When I'm sitting there dismissive of $40 billion and uh -huh. dismissive of, of these cuts and saying, hey, we're two and a half trillion, we need massive cuts, and, and, and we need them now, immediately. You need that sense of urgency. Give me your counter of why even those are things we need now. Well, you know, with respect to the, to the massive national debt, $40 billion, you're right, isn't a whole lot. But when it comes to um, de-weaponizing and defunding these agencies like the Department of Justice – $40 billion. They only respond eight. to money. That's correct. That's the only thing is that, that folks is that in Washington, D.C. Is that a lesson you've learned up here? Yes, it is. It's it not is. high principles. Nope, it's nope. money. It's money and money only. So $40 billion is huge when it comes to – when their budget, literally, you know, um, the FBI's budget's $11.3 billion. You know, you cut 3 or $4 billion out of that, you're taking 30 35 40% out of their budget. That's massive. Talk to us about – you're looked at as one of the champions of uh, gun rights here in the Capitol. Just before you go, we got a minute or two. Uh, ATF, are you going to defund the whole thing? Well, um, well, somebody still has to enforce good law, and there is good law that keeps firearms out of the hands of bad people. Okay, but um, my so you cut it by eighty <laughs> percent. We cut it by a lot. We took them back down to their two thousand and nine appropriation, which literally takes them from one point seven billion dollars down to one point zero five four billion dollars. So you know you've got a seven hundred million dollar cut. For the ATF, that's a massive cut. Can that get through? 
uh, well, it's, it's, the amendment was made in order on the floor, so we're going to put people on record as to, uh, to whether it does or not. I'm hoping it does. What, last thing, <clears throat> Mike Johnson being a good man, what He's would you recommend man. this audience when they call Mike Johnson's office? Because call they will. And I hope what, they do. What should be the message from the Warren Posse to Speaker Johnson with all you know, grace and politeness, et cetera? What, what is the message you believe as a supporter of his he needs to hear? He needs to hear um, fear not. Fear not. Right there. Fear not. Don't let this Washington, D.C. establishment make um, – Make you make decisions by fear, and that's the issue right here. They will do it. They will tell you everything in the world to make you afraid, and you can't be afraid. You have to stand strong. Commander, where do people go for your website and your social media? Uh, you can go to uh, Clyde.house.gov, and if you really want to look at uh, what Biden's done, go to forward slash Biden crime family, and I've got all the evidence right up there on my you're, on our you're website. You're voting for the impeachment card tomorrow? Absolutely. Are we going to have a sense of urgency? We're going to get on with it on that? Uh, yes, we are. You believe he should be impeached? Oh, I certainly believe he should be impeached. For bribery? Oh, for and, and other things, but bribery definitely. Commander Clyde, uh, you're an audience favorite here for many reasons. I, I needed a naval officer to come over today to make me feel better. <laughs> I was a little bit in the mumble tank. What in the hell is going on here? Get this ship squared away. That's right. Commander, thank you so much. Thank okay, you, we're going to take a short commercial break. By the way, for the second hour, I have been jacked up. Get war. You're on the warpath. You're part of the posse. Warpath.coffee slash warm get all the discounts but this dark roast mariner's blend right there with my skull and crossbones best dark roast ever made got the mild blends got the christmas blends tage gill and the navy seals that run this they've done a great job but it took us a year and a half two years to get the dark roast uh, ready uh, get it right no acid at all not acidic so go check it out okay commander clyde's going to leave us we're going to come back we're going to have james o'keefe of the o'keefe media group next with another breaking scoop back in 90 seconds for War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that. Because you're a viewer or listener of this show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize 
that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.